Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's be real about something. As we get older, get kids, pets, multiple jobs, it becomes harder and harder to find the right time to connect to your partner. But when you do get that sliver of a moment, you need to be ready. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Pels fans? Welcome to another episode of the Bird Calls Podcast. I'm your host, Preston Ellis, and today I'm enclosing an excerpt, that's a hard word to say, from one of my favorite podcasts, The Full 48, with Bleacher Report's own Howard Beck and the legend coach David Thorpe. In it, they discuss J.J. Redick, Zion, Lonzo Ball, they gush over the Pelicans, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy it. But just a reminder that both Howard and the Bird Calls need your help. Share this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes, we're getting the listens we need, but we are far short on those reviews. So please, please, please give us a hand and enjoy this conversation. Let's go, pals. This was a great time to bring you back because you've obviously been writing for True Hoop the last several months. Folks, if you're not subscribed to True Hoop, you can read all of uh, David Thorpe's and Henry Abbott's uh, work there. It's fantastic. You should be subscribing to that. You just had a column, players, uh, excuse me, the Team Thorpe players. And this is a list of a bunch of guys that they weren't necessarily players to watch the season impact this, that it was, it was simply players you love, which is great. These were guys who most of them, you loved them because they exceeded expectations. And it's a really fun list. And I liked it also because several of these guys are guys that I'm curious about how they're going to be impacting either their new teams this season in a couple of cases, or just how their, their growth may change the trajectory of their teams this season. So uh, it just dovetailed perfectly with the, with the season now two weeks away. So I'm going to start with the guy who's the top of your list, actually, which is JJ Redick and for your first entry on team Thorpe. And the thing I love about this one is because uh, JJ Redick has never missed the playoffs. It's like the greatest trivia note on J.J. Reddick's career. And when you read your entry on J.J. Reddick, you kind of think, well, maybe it's not such a coincidence. Why is J.J. Reddick the first player on Team Thorpe? So, um, first of all, you know this as a, as a professional writer long long before I was ever doing it. Um, it's great to have uh, great editors. And in this particular case, uh, Henry, Ab- I, have, I think we have four people that edit my stuff. But Henry is normally the guy that um, – kind of gives me some ideas here and there. So we were just on the phone one day and these guys I wrote about, I talk about all the time and I don't know any of them except for Ed Davis. The other ones, I think I've met JJ a few times, but I've never coached him or anything. But uh, Henry, he just said, you know what? 
quit talking about these guys and <laughs> write a column about them. So I did. And uh, JJ, as I wrote, uh, before I was at ESPN in 2007, so this was his rookie year, I had been studying him. And uh, I remember being at a game in Orlando where, I don't think I wrote this part, they, they posted him up every time. Or they isolated him on defense every time. Because he had been the rookie, you know, the loud mouth from Duke and whatever. You know, NBA guys can really not like Duke unless they went to Duke. And uh, I just saw a toughness in him. I went back and kind of studied him a little bit beyond, beyond Duke and realized that, man, this guy's been through so much. I think one day he's going to be a starter in the league. And then I think, and then I think he's going to start for playoff teams, like a really good player. And I, I had a blog back then, which, which is kind of what those of us that weren't employed to write would do, right? And I, I do just – people just came at me with how stupid it was to think that one day this guy could start for a playoff team because he, he couldn't guard anyone. And I, I thought, well, A, number one, I, I think he actually can, but more importantly, who wants to guard him? And so I've always just kind of been a secret fan, although I've talked to JJ about this when I've met him, just that I, he, he actually read my blog, he and his dad both. And um, I think he's now started 77 playoff games and, and made it every year of his career. So I just love resilient guys, guys that to overcome things. And um, because typically when you do that, you do end up exceeding expectations because you've learned to not be afraid. And JJ is someone that, I think it's kind of been misunderstood. Uh, as I wrote in my piece as well, when he lost his last game at Duke, one of his teammates who became an agent uh, was crying his eyes out when, they, when the reporter asked him, you know, what are you crying about? It wasn't because he lost. He said, I'm just never going to play with the best team I ever had, which is JJ. And in, over the years, I, I paid attention. He's just a, a incredibly professional guy. I think David Griffin, getting him was as smart as anything David did. Because he, he he's not going to be alone. I think Drew Holiday, uh, who I've also coached and who almost made this list, um, he those two guys are so professional, Howard. They totally get it. They understand what winning's about and what culture's about. You you can't really have drama uh, on court with those guys. You can have it off court, but they're just so professional and so serious. It's hard to kind of mess up when you're in their presence. And now you got them both together. I think it's super smart for Zion Williamson to have those guys as teammates and everyone else will fall in line. And I think JJ is still one of the best shooters in the league and he shoots in a lot of different ways in terms of off the dribble, off the catch, uh, in transition, the quick pop that he has is incredible. Uh, he, he's not a great defender anymore. He was better than when he was younger, but he'll fight and he'll pay attention to the game plan. And I think he's going to be a really important player to a team that has a chance to make the playoffs, which is where they were a year ago when they didn't have Anthony Davis. So pretty, I mean, when they did, I mean, so pretty amazing that they're kind of in the same spot and maybe even better without him. Yeah, I've been trying to um, like rein in my own enthusiasm or intrigue with the Pelicans. They're they on paper they look so intriguing. The the depth, the the, the players they have that have the ability to yeah. like guys like Lonzo and Ingram still can make another leap. And maybe now that they're out of the the uh, spotlight of Los Angeles and all the craziness with the Lakers and and LeBron's sphere, like they've got a chance to be something else to, to grow more uh, in, a, in a calmer environment, maybe. Um, so I like that. There's obviously the Zion element and the talent he brings to the table. You mentioned it with JJ and Drew Holiday. They bring in Derek Favors. So like, I'm trying to restrain my, my uh, 
enthusiasm for what they're putting together because I think it's got great potential and, and it, it might take a while. So, but I have this feeling like th- I, this team's going to be in contention for the eighth seed. It's it, uh, that feels like over exuberance, but no. I, I really feel no. like there's a shot there. No, I think you're right. I think they, I think they absolutely will be in part because after seven, the, the you know, there's seven teams, I think that definitely make it. And there's probably, there's probably eight. So, so maybe they're going to be, they're going to need to get a little lucky to get to the eighth spot, but that's only because the West is ridiculously deep. Yes. If they're in the East, it'd be a cruise to the playoffs and maybe not even a fun team to play against in the first round. It depends on how quickly Zion gets better, right? It depends on how Derek Favors can play kind of this, in this new place that they're in. But, uh, but you said it, they're, they're a deep team. And uh, if they can stay injury-free because, because of load management uh, and other teams don't have that luxury, uh, especially teams like Golden State, like San Antonio, that are going to be fighting probably for the lower four seeds just because in Golden State's case, you know, Clay's still out. Uh, one more injury and those teams can, can move back. And, and now it seems like the Pelicans and maybe the Kings that move forward. So, no, I think you're smart to be excited. And, and they're going to they're be fun to watch, too. Yes. Not just because of Zion, but, but definitely Zion is worth watching. Uh, I'm, I'm, I happen to be very high on him. So I, think it's a, I don't care what he measures at. I think he's going to be a special player. One of the other smart things that Griff did, you mentioned him signing. JJ was was smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think bringing in veterans, period, was smart. But also, you know, when they had to trade Anthony Davis, all of us, and, and this going back to even before they traded Anthony Davis last season, when Dell Demps was still the GM, the curiosity was, well, if you've got to dump, you know, if you've got to to, to offload him, and you're 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 clearly rebuilding now. Well, you might as well trade Drew Holiday, too. And that was like, I mean, I think I said that at some point. Like, hey, why not just start from scratch? Just blow it up, start over. Anthony Davis is gone. Um, what's the point of having Drew Holiday around with a bunch of, of young pieces and a rebuild? And and Griff did not go that direction. In fact, he doubled down on veterans by bringing in Favors and Redick and then said back right after they traded or excuse me, after they drafted Zion, Griff made went out of his way to say that Drew Holiday is the face of this franchise. And I thought it was really smart because it underscored a couple of things. One, um, this is the guy who's established and who is a perennial should have been all star. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to get into the whole snub thing, but like Drew Holiday has 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 been worthy of all star status. I'm not saying that he uh, should have displaced anybody because the, the West was just packed in guards. But Drew Holiday, a legit all star caliber player and plays both sides of the ball and is a great teammate, a great leader. So by Griff saying this guy's the face of the franchise, he not only propped up Drew Holiday and, and gave him just the respect that I think he's earned, but it also took a little of the pressure off of Zion. Now, we know that the hype machine will be out of control anyway, but that's good for Zion that it's that the, the, the GM is not saying it's all on you. So the, the combination of those things, having the veterans, uh, as you point out, I think it's good for him. You also mentioned in, in your in your uh, Team Thorpe column, Brandon Ingram pops up on there, and you say that he could be the Pelicans' top scorer. So before we leave the subject of, of the Pelicans, um, let's hit Ingram on uh, from your Team Thorpe list. Why did he make it? Yeah, so he's another one that again, I just uh, there's guys that I find myself loving for no reason other than I just watch games a lot. There's no, you know, I don't have a bias. I don't watch college basketball really, and um, I just see talent. And sometimes when I feel like a player gets branded unfairly, I tend to watch more closely, if, especially if my initial impulse is not the same as what conventional wisdom is. And so in, in the case of Brandon, I wrote, actually, I wrote this, uh, this year for true. Hoop. I was, so it was after February, we launched in February. I said the Pelicans should trade 
Davis and get all the players that the Lakers had because LeBron did not come there to to not make the playoffs. And so you to me the leverage for the Pelicans was at their at its strongest before um the season ended, before the trade deadline, because the Lakers had to get Davis. And I thought they could have got Ingram and Ball and the uh uh Kuzma and Zubak and whatever pick the the the, uh, the Lakers would have, which obviously would would be not so low because with Anthony Davis there, they had won more games. And Ingram, I started watching Ingram more and more. And remember, everyone was saying they shouldn't do the trade then because the Celtics would have a better deal and they'll get Jason Tatum. And that is what bothered me because I don't think, and I wrote this then, that Tatum is necessarily going to be better than Ingram. Well. And while I was writing these things, Ingram was going crazy scoring and not shooting well, although he's been a better shooter in the past than he was this year, but never a better scorer. And people think he's somehow, you know, a lot older than Tatum. He's like eight months older, maybe six months older. They're the same age, basically. He just graduated from high school a year earlier, so he started his clock a little faster. Uh, I think he's a marvelous talent. And when you're that tall and long, it takes a while. But the dude averaged 18 points a game last year and didn't shoot well and didn't have any muscle. So I feel like he's going to be much, much better. Word, I, word I'm getting in, inside the Pelicans is that he's doing great. We'll see what happens when the games start, but I think he's got a chance to be a 20-plus, 22- to 24-point-per-game scorer pretty much on any team, especially on that team, because Drew's not going to do that, right? Zion's certainly not going to do that at, on that team this year. He is very hard to guard. And he went through a really tough AAU situation growing up in for Jerry Stackhouse's team. Uh, kind of the kind of thing where if you get through that tough AAU franchise that they have, you you you're going to make it. You're not soft. He is not soft. He is tough. He's just skinny, and skinny guys tend to get stronger. Uh, Kevin Durant managed to do just fine with with a skinny frame, as have many others. So I think he's a really skilled player that should be a, a plus defender too, uh, Howard, because he's so long. He's got a great feel. Great scorers tend to be great defenders when they want to be because they, they know what bothers them. They just have to want to do it. And I think that in the culture David's building in New Orleans with the kind of players he has, uh, they're going to hold him accountable defensively. They need to. And I think he'll be a two-way guy and become, you know, it's hard, as you said with Drew, the West is so crazy loaded. Um, I don't know who's going to be an all-star in the next few years, but he's can play an all. I think he has a chance to play an all-star level, and that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you know sometimes we get too caught up in the labels of of who actually yeah. made it. Like we all know that Mike Conley is a perennial right. All Star player, if not an actual All Star. You know, right. and um, so you know, Drew Drew Holiday. It's unfortunate that he's been so overlooked and all. Like I was looking this up the other day. Like he's made one All Star team, and it was when he was still in the East playing for Philly, um, yeah. which is a long time ago already. Um, it tells you a lot. It tells you a lot right there. It does, but I think. People are going to if people didn't understand Drew Holiday's uh, talent or his his value, this will be the season because everybody's going to be watching a lot of Pelicans basketball this season uh, to see Zion. Before we leave that, what is your, I guess, your most most reasonable expectation for Zion Williamson? Uh, I know you don't watch a lot of college ball, as you were saying, but from what you have seen of him, I'm still in the camp of of being a little reserved on this. I feel like the hype got way out of control. People saying most impactful rookie since LeBron or AD, but I feel like that's 
getting ahead of ourselves given some of the um, the things that Zion doesn't have yet coming in. But what's a reasonable rookie year expectation for him? Well, if he was on a different team or if David had built the team differently, I think he can score 20 points a game in, in the league. Um, I, I said that in November of last year. He, he's incredibly skilled and quick, absent uh, a, a reliable perimeter shot. So skilled in terms of finishing at the rim, not just dunking, left hand, right hand, very good with the ball, passing, dribbling, transition player, looks to make plays, has a scoring feel, knows how to get buckets like a, like a miniature Blake Griffin because he is small. Blake, I think, measured 6'10 in Chicago. They're saying Zion maybe 6'6 without shoes, so 6'7 and a half. And Blake is probably 6'10 plus with shoes. Um, but, but, but they're bucket getters. Now that he's going to play on a team that actually try to win games, which I think is a brilliant move by, by Dave and I remember, I think I heard you and Zach Lowe talking about this and on my afternoon walks and when I always listen to your guys' pods and I just remember nodding my head thinking, yep, David was right and Howard's right to praise him because Zion's going to learn to be accountable in ways that he wouldn't be if he was, for example, in Charlotte, right? Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be good. I think it's going to be different because you're going to, we're going to be evaluating him within the context of winning, and it's going to hurt his height this year, but help him in the long run. Whereas, you know, we were Trey Young came around last year, uh, very much so, but still wasn't an efficient player, and it didn't matter. This is going to be different. They're, they're going to care about wins, and he's going to have to learn. But he's still going to be good, if not. Yeah, I would say good is about the best we can expect this year. The hype is hurting him in another way. I don't know how much he could focus on basketball in the, in the summer. It's one of the issues I have with agents and the NBA in general is they get so caught up in the hype of the draft, they forget to actually work with their players on how to get better at basketball. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he came in so out of shape, in my opinion, in summer league for the Pelicans. Played just a few minutes in that first game, and they sat him out. They didn't sit him out because of injury. It was obvious to me looking at him. He could have played. Uh, they knew he wasn't ready to play. And so why would you start him off, you know, losing his confidence? You've seen with Markel Fultz what can happen when you lose your confidence, whether it's from an injury or, or missing shots. So they were smart to pull him out. But uh, he needs to get back to grinding it out. I think he'll be, uh, he'll be a good player this year on a team that's, you know, decent, as we talked about. I think he's going to be a tremendous player, Howard, a high-level scorer. I think he's got a chance to be an impact player on defense, a winner, a captain, a leader, an inspiring guy. And uh, he won't be like, you know, Anthony Davis. He's a different player. But can he be an all-star? Yes. Can he be an MVP of a series for sure? Can he be an MVP of a league? He's got to be able to shoot the three a lot better. If he can't do that, then, then he, I don't think he'll be a league MVP. But, but uh, he'll be an all-league player. Uh, he just needs to be able to shoot the three to be a top-five player. for listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today all right let's be real about something as we get older get kids pets multiple jobs it becomes harder and harder to find the right time to connect to your partner but when you do get that sliver of a moment you need to be ready that's where blue chew comes in 
Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast.